Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rotorola Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined by Lawrence Jackson and Kyle Dvorak. As we dive into Week 16's toughest rankings, still got some weeks left to rank. Guys, uh, this used to be the Fantasy Championship. Now there are two more weeks of the Fantasy Playoffs. And, of course, Week 18, you'll still be playing DFS. Some of you will still be playing season-long as well. You know, some Maybe some people in points-only leagues. Uh, we'll also dive into the toughest, uh, I don't know why I said toughest, the most interesting Monday Night Football storylines. Uh, I don't Last night was like the least weird Monday Night Football game in a really long time. And it was still weird because it was like one of the, it was like a freezer bowl. Like I've seen some colder games, the Lambo. I don't remember if I ever remember seeing that much breath. Yeah, <laughs> I said the same thing last night, man. Like, man, it, even when they would zoom out, right? You could still see the breaths of all 22 players on the field. Yeah, I think that's just technology. I think it's better cameras, better televisions. Like, of course, there were colder games in 2005, six, whatever. You know, there's a freezing game at some point that was worse. But the cameras were, you know, shooting in 720p or whatever. And your TV was constantly (laughs) static. You're too too young to remember this, but 2005 was actually still in black and white. So didn't Look, I believe yeah. that's what was 2005, 40 years ago. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was the Mike Holmgren coached the Seahawks back in those days. That's and, true. That's real talk right there. Yeah, it is real talk. <laughs> uh, it's funny because like the Packers 49ers game just last January, I think it was colder. And I, I just didn't remember the breath optics being so night. Well, man, at nighttime too. Uh, Maybe it's the way like ESPN lights a game versus like the way Fox lit that yeah, game or uh, something. I don't know, but a lot of lot of breaths out there. A lot of breaths being seen. Yeah. <laughs> like the breath pad is, is the breath a good addition? Like it, it's like they turned the graphics up like when you can toggle the graphic settings yeah. on a video game because you need better performance or your your system can handle it. So you toggle it yeah. up. Did you like that they toggled breath to full? I did. It's kind of like when FIFA is like now more realistic grass. Uh, <laughs> it is exactly like that. <laughs> but yeah, it was more, much more realistic breath on ESPN Monday. I really enjoyed the aesthetics of it. I, Especially in a boring game, I honestly found myself kind of just being hypnotized by how insane the amount of breath was. And so it's because of like there's a polar vortex dipping down into the, the Middle West where I live. And thank God there's not a game in St. Louis this weekend. The high is five degrees on Friday. But a lot of these games on Saturday, like in Chicago, 
I think even Nashville is like going to be like 10 degrees. There's going to be a lot of uh, really, really kind of like temperatures you're usually only seeing like the divisional round. Uh, so hopefully that doesn't affect our fantasy stars here in the semifinals. Because believe this in St. Louis is going to be the coldest December in 35 years, the coldest December temperatures. Yeah. It won't affect Derrick Henry, but it'll affect the people that have to tackle him. Yeah, that's true. Oh, my gosh. Imagine trying to tackle like a frozen Derrick Henry bowling and, ball. And you're the Houston Texans. Oh, my gosh. That's right. I feel like the Texans, I'm glad they're finally on the road. I feel like they played like nine straight home games. Right. Yeah. And then two I, touchdown I underdogs some, in all of them. Yeah. I want to see someone edit. You know, Derrick Henry's going to run for 250 or whatever. He's going to bowl someone over. But I'd love to see like an edit where someone turns the defender into glass and they shatter. Like that would be a cool <laughs> effect. There's actually a UFC one where the guy gets like kicked in the head and he just wobbles. And then someone makes it look like a video game and he turns to ice and just cracks. I'd love to see someone do that for Henry because it would be the perfect way. It won't cap off Dehember. He actually has one more game in Dehember, but it'd be a great way to punctuate Dehember <laughs> with 250 yards and like cool video game graphics. Might not even need numbers. graphics for that. It might just happen. <laughs> um, I think, so Friday is like the coldest day. We don't have a game Friday, but ESPN's Field Yates tweeted earlier today, and this is the feels like, which includes the wind chill. It's the vibes of Texas. It is the vi- the weather vibes, <laughs> but here are the weather vibes. <laughs> this is utterly insane. Bills at Bears, negative 11. Seahawks at Chiefs, negative 6. Saints at Browns, negative 9. Texans at Titans, 5 degrees. How Falcons- does no one play on either coast? This they're all know, yeah. Every the game was like stuffed in the Midwest somehow on the Great Lakes. Falcons at Ravens seven degrees mid Atlantic. Raiders at Steelers negative four degrees. Uh, mm. Can be kind of a brutal weekend. Of that hurts my skin just listening to that. I know, I know, man. Yeah, and because the high is five degrees in St. Louis on Friday, and we have like fifty mile an hour wind gusts. We're getting like negative thirty mile an hour wind chills. Uh, I would so, never come out the house for that. Dude, I am so upset that this is, if this was happening a week later, I'd be fine with it. Cause I moved away from the Midwest and I'm going home for Christmas for the, like my poor, I have been softened up so much by living sort of in the South, I live in North Carolina. It's not the South South, but it's working that way. I have a year and a half has softened me to my core. And I will not <laughs> handle this. Yeah. I hope you still have a jacket. Yeah. Ohio. Looks like it's going to be quite cold, Kyle. So, uh, best (laughs) of luck. We'll get to Monday Night Football. Romeo Dobbs was active for the first time since week nine in the Packers' victory over the Rams. He caught five passes for 55 yards on a modest five targets. Are we worried this is going to take a bite out of Christian Watson's apple, who mostly saw his normal usage against the Rams, or is this kind of a non-factor for a guy in Christian Watson who – already looks like a receiver opposing defenses like scheming around to me this would be more of a concern for alan lazard because i think christian watson plays such a unique role in this offense and was unaffected he led the team in targets and he's not going to be a 30 percent target share guy he's going to be 22 23 but they're maybe the most valuable targets you can find they're super far downfield or they're in the end zone slash red zone so as long as he got that work which he basically did last week they use him a little more underneath but also he's such a good playmaker that that's also valuable targets for him 
I think it's more on Alan Lazard, who I think had like one catch for seven yeah, yards. One catch for seven yards on two targets. He's yeah. averaging like 30 or 40 yards since the Christian Watson breakout. And now they add another competent pass catcher to the mix. To me, this is Alan Lazard red flags and not as much Christian Watson, maybe a little bit. But to me, it's the one who has not been extremely explosive, who has not been the high value guy in Alan Lazard that I like. I'm probably not like if you made it to this point in the season, you probably have a good roster. You probably have a good enough player to not play Alan Lazard, who I'm probably ranking as like low end three, high end four. I think I have him as like the wide receiver 40 or 41. Oh, let's go. I was yeah. you, you, you struck me as someone who would still rank him as 31. Well, no, I've always disliked it. I've always, you know, I've been making Alan Lazard as a tight end jokes for like three that's, years. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So, so have I. So it doesn't, didn't, didn't take me long to, to pull the plug there. Hey, hey, Kai, you don't always have to have a good roster to advance. I just did that starting uh, <laughs> Nelson Aguilar, Rex Burkhead, <laughs> Curtis, Samuel. Like, what? them three guys was in a lineup that advanced. Oh, man. Like, I did start Rex Burkhead in the league, and I lost that one. Who would have thought? Lawrence, did you yeah. see, like, the 30-yard pass Nelson Aguilar caught? But he, like, this being Nelson yes. Aguilar? Yes, yeah, and I was like, yeah, because and I was, like, hyped up because I knew that was the only one he was going to get in that game. <laughs> but then when they overturned, I was like, of course, you know. How did you Aguilar. win? Do you have anyone coming back this week? Oh, I, I had uh, Jalen Hurts, Dalvin, and Saquon. They pretty much carried me. I rolled the dice on Darren Waller over Hunter Henry, which nice. that only makes sense because – he was going to give me what mostly any tight end gives us anyway. So that uh, helped me out there. Uh, as far as the Packers uh, receivers goes, uh, I, I'm on the same wavelength as you, Kyle, right here. Um, it it clearly affected Alan Lazard immediately. Um, in fact, Romeo Dobbs caught, I think he caught two or three catches before either Watson or Alan Lazar could even sniff a catch, despite the fact that Alan Lazar and Christian Watson was in on most two wide receiver sets. As we get towards the end of the season, you got to imagine that they're going to uh, make Dobbs and Watson, the two young receivers, they're going to make them more of a focal point as they move towards a you know ending that's probably not going to end in the playoffs. They need to win out then they need a lot of help. So, yeah, um, definitely affects Lazard a little more. But you could see them still scheming uh, Christian Watson the ball, even when they need it on the last drive, right? They ran two uh, bootlegs out to get him the ball. And going back to another team, that last Christian Watson catch that he didn't even need made me lose by 0.3 points. So, you know, at least you know they're, like, actively trying to get uh, Christian Watson the ball. So, yeah, Dobbs, is he's going to affect it because he's another playmaker in the fold, but definitely more so Lazard than uh, than uh, Christian Watson. I'm so glad they don't have – I mean, that they cut Sammy Watkins. They don't have Amari Rodgers because they would want to play these guys over Christian Watson. Did you hear what Aaron Rodgers said at the end of the game? It was right. Uh, I forget who. I think he was being kind of cheeky, but I did hear it. Sure. <laughs> I can't take Rodgers not hyper seriously, right? <laughs> he is too much of a, a petty needling quarterback that when he says – want to catch touchdowns you got to run the right routes <laughs> i i'm just glad they don't have anyone else like they're not playing like you know randall Cobb's going to only be in the slots they're not playing him over watson they don't have anyone that you know they, they cut watkins but like that hurt he, he like 
from a fantasy perspective, I also would have loved the touchdown. So maybe that's where a little bit of it comes from. But you hear Rogers say that, and you know his history with receivers. And it feels like we might get nine Romeo Dobbs targets next week. I, I think to both your points, like oh, yeah. 24-12, like they didn't need the touch. It seemed like he was like yeah, yeah. very ruthlessly trying to get Christian Watson a touchdown, Aaron Rodgers. Like he really yeah. wanted to get him that touchdown. And I think – he was kind of. He wanted it for himself too. Yeah, he did want it. That's actually a really good. Because you saw his other touchdown pass, the little one to Aaron Jones earlier in the game. Like, let me just get that easy pass in there, nice little nine yard touchdown there. And to his credit, Watson also drew a bunch of penalties in that game. No fantasy points from him, obviously. Uh, commissioners, change your settings. I don't even know if like people track the I don't yardage. Think you can do that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I might have actually seen that somewhere, but like. From a real life perspective, a lot of utility drawing. It was like defensive holding on Ramsey in the end zone, maybe on third down. Got another DPI. Like he had a good real life game, other than obviously like the he, he like I don't even know if you would say he run he ran the wrong route. I don't. He didn't even look like he knew he was running a route. Like he was. Yeah, he did. He didn't all. seem to have any idea what was going on. I, I think I think they were kind of laughing after that too. And my interpretation of that was. But he's like, man, I was like doing everything I possibly could to get you this touchdown we didn't even need, and uh, he ran the wrong routes. <laughs> I'll say this about Alan Lazard. The, the the interception that Aaron Rodgers threw earlier in the game where Alan Lazard wanted to settle down on the route, Aaron Rodgers wanted to throw it deep. I mean, uh, I don't think that was going to work out either way. Like, no. <laughs> whether Lazard, he was either going to pick it or knock his head off. One yeah, Lazard, that was the that was the consummate hospital ball because Lazard yeah. would have to go up and extend for it, yeah. exposing his whole body to Taylor Rapp yeah. barreling down. On I, him. I'm, I'm shocked Rodgers didn't recognize that. But after he that, he did. He just didn't care. After, <laughs> after that, he was done with Alan Lazar. He said, all right, you making me look like this? You're done with these targets for the day. You're Kyle, done. I, I don't think you're too young to remember this. But, uh, Peyton Manning was the ultimate. Like He, he threw like intentional hospital balls. Like, He's like, if Brandon Stokely is to go to the hospital, like, I don't really care. Like, we need these nine yards. And that, that did seem kind of like an intentional hospital ball. <laughs> it was. He was like, I'm willing to sacrifice Alan Lazard for seven more yards. That really was <laughs> the, the vibe I got. Rogers is like, I'm the one who makes the hard decisions. You you need me on that wall. That's really yeah. what he's doing. And uh, he was willing to give Lazard's, uh, Lazard's back for that one. Lazard, on the other hand, was like, let's take seven fewer yards and I can play again. Yeah, season. he made a very intelligent business decision. On the other side of the ball, is there any Rams pass catcher worth starting at this point? Tyler Higby seems kind of cooked. I mean, he got the touchdown last night, but just nothing doing for him for like the past six weeks. He's been blocking a ton. PFF had him blocking on like three quarters of his of his oh passing gosh. plays last night. Like he got, like you said, he got the touchdown and he drew targets because they have no one else. He drew targets when he ran routes. He drew targets at a really high clip. But they literally do have to use him as an extra lineman. They they also they lost their center last night, Brian Allen, who's playing through a questionable tag. He actually suffered a different injury than what he, he was playing through. He suffered a calf injury. It looked very yeah. painful in the cold. He came he came in with a knee issue, I think. But I mean, they're they're down to you know backups to backups to practice squad guys. So Higby yeah. has to block their receivers. So Higby's not doing anything. Uh, neither Atwell or Van Jefferson are hitting big plays like enough frequency. It just kind of feels like. There's no one here even worth considering for week 16. Yeah, and, and Baker Van really Jefferson. wanted to. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Speaking I, like, of Van Jefferson, uh, Nelson Aguilar, 
I mean, Van Jefferson is a guy that I chose Nelson Aguilar over. So that should tell you something right there. <laughs> you did the right thing. You did the right thing. Uh, I wonder did, what you should do in week 16. I don't know. I don't know. I don't got no Jalen Hurts. It's over. Yeah, it's probably over. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, you don't have to worry. This decision that's going to result in like a three-point swing is not going to save your non-Jalen Hurts team. <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry. Yeah, our condolences, Lawrence. But Pat, did you see the uh, the pick six Baker tried to throw to Quay Walker? He was like under pressure. It was like a short, oh, yes. He was short right. I think he was Quay throwing was... to Higby. Maybe, yeah. In, I don't remember flat, who it was. In the flat. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Where it was like very... Very clear, like he should not throw the ball. <laughs> Absolutely. He was under pressure and just refused to get rid of it to like he refused. That's a spot where he maybe take the sack as opposed to literally he was inches from the pick six. And uh I mean that's kind of what I expect to see from Baker, frankly. Like the magic two weeks ago was super fun. Like it was an enjoyable experience to watch that game. But like he didn't perform great in that game. He had the final drive that was good, but it was against maybe the worst secondary in the NFL. Then this week he comes in and he makes takes takes some bad sacks too. And then the one time I said maybe you should have taken a sack, really wanted to give the other team six points. Like this is kind of the Baker I expect to see, which is why in no circumstance should you play any Rams player that isn't Cam Akers. Yeah, we'll get to Cam Akers right now. Just that play, it seemed like it was like a one read play. And yeah, like he needed to just turf it or take the sack. And instead, he tried to be a legend. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he was almost a legend. That's for sure. He would have been a legend for somebody. Yeah, he would have been. Maybe people forced to play the Packers defense or something. (laughs) See, Cam Akers averaging 15 touches over the past three weeks, while Kyron Williams has mostly been phased out. Lawrence, has has Akers done enough to get back in the flex mix in this awful offense? Is he like the one Ram we can kind of depend on, using the phrase depend on very loosely? Shout out to Cam Akers for leading the team in receiving yesterday. Uh, (laughs) I didn't even realize that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, nice little 100 yards from scrimmage. No no big deal. No big deal. We're back. We're back. Um, Nah, but uh, seriously, uh, it all depends on your options. It it depends on your options. If you could – if you wouldn't just like you said, Pat, averaging 15 touches over the past few games, uh, if we could, if we know we're gonna get that, I would say it's worth the flex. It's been running a lot better over the past month. All of a sudden, the the Rams line is blocking a little bit. He's even he's yeah, he's had, had some chunk gains even. Yeah, I, I, he had his longest run of the season, 19 yards last night on Monday Night Football. So. Yeah, I mean, the, the where we're at in the season right now, man, losing Jonathan Taylor, losing Tyler Lockett, other players that would, you know, not they're not flexes, but it will push a guy like Cam yeah, Akers yeah. to the flex spot. So I would say, yeah, I'm personally starting him, and it's not because I feel like how I felt about him in August. It's because he's a decent play that's mm-hmm. getting opportunity, and that, that's what we're working with here. Yeah, he finally has like a stable touch floor. Uh, again, I think yeah. averaging 15, he's had at least 12 carries each of the past three weeks. His lowest uh, t- touch count in the past three weeks is 13. It's like the usage has at least stabilized. And as we discussed, uh, not much going on in that passing game, including with the quarterback. We'll just do it real quick with Cam Akers. Cam Akers versus the Denver Broncos or Leonard Fournette against the Arizona Cardinals. Cam, I go. You go, Cam. Wow, hmm. he's he's getting like all the work. He got like seventy percent snaps. He got all the carries. He looked decent too. 
he he did get all the carries. A lot of third and mid to long though. They played um, what's his Malcolm name? Brown. Malcolm Brown. Yeah, he, Malcolm Brown didn't out. get any. He didn't get anything. He's just out there blocking and running yeah. flare routes. He didn't <laughs> do nothing. But you know, yeah, you know, I I would take Cam too then because it's not like you know the Bucks offense is good and he is no, no there in a fifty fifty split. Yeah, I, like I, yeah, I don't know. I have Cam one spot ahead of Fournette, but while you guys are both making the case for Cam, I'm like, it's probably a Fournette ranked higher. Uh, I don't know about that. I like, I like what James Conner was able to do against the Broncos. You know, he, James Bron, I'm sorry, James, James Bronco, <laughs> <laughs> James Conner to higher extent, you know, similar situation, getting all the volume. Getting those check downs, we saw Cam uh, get catch some targets last night. So I kind of see it going like that for Cam. So I, I would go him, and like Kyle said, it's less competition for touches. I think this if they both are like going to have like 15-ish touches, I feel like at least five or six of them will be catches for Leonard Fournette, and that kind of maybe tips the – I don't know. I do have Cam ranked higher right now. Keep it that way. Last one, Cam Akers versus uh, – Cam Akers against the Broncos – or Zach Moss against the Chargers? Cam. I think Cam. I think. I don't know where to rank Zach Moss and Deion Jackson. That's a weird that, one, yeah. That is going to be a really weird one. It's not actually one we're officially talking about today, but I think I'll get Moss in the flex ranks, and I'm going to have Deion Jackson like right outside the flex rank. I sort of feel like the approach might be different now. That this will be a game plan. Yes, sort of like exactly. And I, mean, let, I mean, bringing Jordan Wilkins back. He has started games in the past at running back for the Colts and seeing what Royce Freeman just did. No one, we didn't talk about him this week. No, we didn't. We talked about Rex and Dar, Rex and Dar. What? Then Royce Freeman, straight out of Oregon, you know, 14th year in the league, he finally get his time to shine. <laughs> so who knows what could happen in that Colts backfield, like you said, Pat, when they have a chance to actually game plan that way. Yeah, that is just important to remember. There's a big difference from like teams just kind of like make it up on the fly when someone gets hurt. Then when they have a week to think about it, sometimes it's a lot different. The yeah, it's like so much different. You see it with like the Aaron Jones reception splits. It's like Aaron Jones when Devontae Adams wasn't in the lineup, seven catches, 80 yards per game. He's a wide receiver. And then this year, sure, he's a good pass catcher, but he's gone through droughts. They played the committee style. When you have a whole offseason to prep for that versus Devontae Adams goes down in mid-game or goes down for one week, and Aaron Jones is forced. They don't have other options. They've had time to game plan now. And I do think like that throws the Indianapolis backfield into so much turmoil. Whereas I'm at least confident Cam Akers is getting like 65% of the snaps this coming week. It's not on a particularly good offense, but I mean, neither is Colts. So Cam Akers. Yeah. Yeah. I think Cam, I will have in over Zach Moss. So we'll just stick it running back and, Lawrence, who are you having trouble ranking at week 16? Or I'm having trouble ranking, like, seriously, half the board. Who <laughs> yeah, um, well, the the top running back in fantasy over the past two weeks, Jared McKinnon. Uh, who who, who would have thought? Because, I mean, it's not like Isaiah Pacheco is a bad play at all. Isaiah Pacheco been consistent for, what, the past four or five games. But uh, this like shockingly guy, consistent. I couldn't believe it when I saw his game log today. Yeah, um, but Jared McKinnon, man, he he is the. It's pretty much he is the epitome right now, making the most of every opportunity he gets. Uh, another game, eight targets, seventy yards, scores there. That was enough for us, right? 
Then he caps it off, running the game, winning touchdown in OT. So it's clear that this is a it's a it's actually a 50-50 split when you think about it. It's just that Isaiah Pacheco is going to get the carries. McKinnon is going to get the receiving work, which is more valuable to us uh, when we play these PPR leagues. So it's like, are, are we to the point now we're here in the fantasy playoffs? Do we actually put him ahead of Pacheco? I mean, this dude coming off an 18-touch game, 18 touches, right? Last week it was like, oh, all right, he had the, you know, the Patrick Mahomes, the little fluke crazy throw. He's wide open, whoop-de-woo. Um, mm-hmm. But this week it's like, all right, is is Jared McKinnon top 20 running back inside of that? I, I don't have him inside the top 20 right now, Um, but – I don't know. Should he be <laughs> 15 catches for 182 yards and three touchdowns over the past two weeks for Jarek McKinnon? Um, I'm cracking a nice cold mountain, dude, and I, I'm putting him in the top 20 and definitely over Pacheco. Like De- Denny has a tweet about uh, that's like, you know, teams always want to establish the run. Then they go down 17. Like, OK, we actually have to score points and they pass. And that is this backfield. But with Jarek McKinnon, like. Oh, we want to, you know, try and get Isaiah Pacheco running downhill. And as soon as somehow they're in a close game with the Texans, but as soon as they're in a close game, okay, it's Jarek McKinnon's time. Let's do that thing. And that is also in part because you play Jarek McKinnon on passing downs. And as Denny says, oh, we need to score points. Let's pass. And especially when you have Patrick Mahomes, you're passing a lot and you are passing a ton when it's close by halftime. So I, I think I am playing the running back that they actually care to use when games matter. So uh, I, I mean, he has such a valuable role in that he's playing like over the past few weeks, de facto receiver two or three because the receivers are they're fine, but they're not adding a ton of value. And McKinnon is one of the league's better pass catchers at the backfield. And now he's really starting to look explosive too. Like that's something we haven't seen since the Minnesota days. My dynasty teams are just going wild right now because I, I love Jack McKinnon <laughs> back in the day. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's like a de facto second or third receiver option. He's got a lot of juice, it looks like. And he's getting some carries now. Like, he's not just PPR scam Jarek McKinnon. He's getting some carries. So, I'm like, I'm somewhat confidently going top 20 for him. He is an iconic Dynasty League player. So, I will say, so Miko Hardman is coming back this week. That could, they have, sure. they will compete for a few of the same touches. The Seahawks have allowed the seventh most running back receptions, though. They've allowed the second most overall running back fantasy points. It is a really good matchup, but I will hedge a little. I'm, I'm going to have him more in like the, the low 20s. I'm like, I probably need to get him ahead of Rashad White, though. Um, I think so. I, I have him behind. Yeah. It's just weird. I feel like the Bucks have become like auto 15 touch running backs, both of them. But like, they're not doing anything with them. Like, no, both the running backs have been dreadfully inefficient. Like, they don't get their running backs into the red zone enough because they're not a particularly good offense. Like, I do agree. They give the running backs a lot of work, but like, what is it worth? I'll, at what I'll, ask, cost? I'll ask just one you know, at what cost. Just one Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon against the Seahawks and frigid Kansas City on Christmas Eve, or Jamal Williams in Kyle's new home of North Carolina against the Panthers. Jarek. Give me McKinnon. Man. Hey, I, 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 Jared McKinnon. Jared Jer- Jer- <laughs> McKinnon don't see that's the thing. Jared McKinnon don't need a touchdown. He getting them though, but he don't need it. I just, I, I, yeah, McKenna. I just do wonder if all of a sudden Michael Hardman's like four catches for fifty yards like takes a huge bite out of that. But probably overthinking it. It is a really, really good matchup too. 
Kyle, who are you having trouble ranking at running back? J.K. Dobbins, and it's it's the good trouble where like I kind of want to keep pushing him up. I know a lot of times it's like, oh, this guy's role's declining. What do we do with him? He's a committee back, whatever. Last week, two weeks ago, we saw he got exactly half of the team's running back carries. That's fine, but for an offense that looks like they'll be struggling under Tyler Huntley, and they weren't doing great under Lamar either, you're not sure exactly how much that's worth, but then he got up to 60-some percent of the team's carries, out-carried cleanly Gus Edwards, another 120-some-odd yard, maybe 130-odd yard performance. And when he's gotten work, he has been extremely efficient, even two weeks ago, on the run that looked like very still not back to healthy jk yeah. dobbins like we, we may have overanalyzed that run <laughs> yeah right like even when he didn't look good yeah we did pretty good so well I, i'll say this he definitely I, I i mean he looked better running this game than in week 14 just even at the first level uh you know getting the ball at the line of scrimmage and setting up the blocks and maneuvering through the holes. He just looked better running. We didn't, you know, we didn't get to see another 45-yard run, but it just looked a little better. But like Pat said, I think we definitely might have overanalyzed. It, it's not his 100%, but yeah. we probably yeah, still overanalyzed it. Yeah, his 80% is a lot better than a lot of other running backs, 100%. Exactly. He looked 80% there. He like legit looked 80%, but not a lot of running backs can take that carry down to the five or wherever he got it to. So sure, like 2019 J.K. Dobbins gets that in, but most other running backs don't even get in that spot in the first place. So like I'm pushing him up pretty comfortably RB2. It's like, where did, can I get him like 17, 18? With the full slate of running backs, I don't think so, but he's like easily an RB2 where I thought he was a risky flex option heading into last week. The risk is gone, it looks like. I, I got him at 14. Uh, oh, maybe I should go. At home, Pat mentioned it earlier, seven degrees versus Atlanta. <laughs> oh, they play the Falcons, that's yeah, right. Yeah, oh, Alvin Kamara got back on track versus the Falcons. Um, and the way the Falcons offense is looking right now, Baltimore should have ample opportunities uh, for, for J.K. to run it up. And he tweeted himself. He said, look, people, y'all just stick with us. I'm going to get my speed back <laughs> and get back to breaking those long runs. That, that's what he tweeted out. I he, trust did, him. he did have a 37-yard run against the Browns. and So since coming back, he's averaging – this is not a, a typo. He's averaging 8.75 yards per carry over the past two weeks. He's so efficient. He had like yeah, one kind of what he did in Ohio State. He did yeah. his rookie year too. He did rookie year. It was like one of the best seasons on a per-carry basis. He didn't get a ton of carries, but it was one of the best seasons on a per-carry basis like ever, at least you know in the modern era of football. Yeah. So like – He's a hitter. He is a home run hitter. And now he's getting a lot of work and he gets the Falcons. Like, I actually might. I'm going top 20. Let's do it. I'm going top 20. I don't know he's if I'll get him to 14, but I'll get him top 20. Yeah, he's reached 120 yards each of the past two weeks on only 13, 13 carries against the Browns, 15 against the Steelers. But it's been ridiculously efficient despite one of the wheels maybe not being 100%. So he's a clear RB2. I guess we'll debate. So I'll get to my guy because – Here's one guy I don't know if I should rank J.K. Dobbins ahead of him, and you guys will probably say easily that we should, but Kenneth Walker, I'm just like not quite ready to pull pull the plug on Kenneth Walker, but uh, hasn't bettered 50 yards rushing in any of his past four games. But he has zero touch competition. Tyler Lockett's hurt. They're gonna have, they got to recommit to this run game at some point. You know, again, it's gonna be like five degrees in Kansas City. I kind of feel like it's like a bounce back week coming up here for Kenneth Walker. 
But I don't know. I was the RB eight nineteen, and it does feel pretty high. You think that feels right. high? For- I don't know. Oh, just yeah, just he's been low. kind of a dud since he yeah since sure. But I mean, last week he got five targets and twelve carries, which was almost all of their carries as a team. Yeah. So like the the role is supreme and and the five targets is awesome because a few weeks ago before he got hurt that's what he finally ramped up to is he had pushed the pass catching backs who like aren't anything special like he you know I don't think Kenneth Walker's a great pass catcher but he's in that stratosphere of like Derrick Henry probably doesn't run great routes I do not care get him one on one with a corner and Ken Walker being such a good Derrick Henry's averaging hitter, thirteen yards per catch by the way <laughs> he leads the he leads all running back in yards per route run that's what he does and the, and Kenneth Walker has that style to his game where like if you get him one on one with a corner he will he will bury you like it's it's just a very difficult thing to do so if he's getting the targets and we expect him obviously to get all the carries like yeah I, I I'm gonna have him rank really high because he's a good player with a great role like the He's getting those two things going, and he's been ice cold recently. But I think if you can get a talented player with a great role, I'm going to rank them. I'll probably have him ahead of, ahead of Dobbins, and I'll have Dobbins kind of high. So I'm gonna I, I remain him. bullish on Walker until he you know until he bounces me from the playoffs, which he kind of did last week. You got him back to back, Lawrence. Yeah, I, I mean I, I'm not mad at you know coming off the injury, going up against the Niners defense, twelve rushes, forty seven yards. And then turning uh, his four receptions in the thirty-two yards, I'm not mad at that at all. It was, it was decent, but it was against the best, and it's no quite by far the best defense uh, in the league right now. Now he gets a you know Kansas City team that they just let Royce Freeman come off the street and and run for eleven and fifty-one. So like I I like I like him better now definitely than I did last week so I like last week I think I had him at like 19 or 20 because of the matchup and coming off the injury little easier matchup this week they'll probably uh ramp it up a little more now that he's uh further removed so I, I would say I like his prospects for week 16. I'm glad you guys are having some confidence. I might have him too low at 19. I think you do. We'll, we'll do a few here. Kenneth Walker against the Chiefs or the Miles Sanders experience against the Dallas Cowboys. Ken Walker. Sanders is going to be – talk about a tough one to rank because now they got Minshew. The Cowboys are more gettable on the ground than through the air, but also Nick Sirianni screaming at Miles Sanders last week. Miles yeah, Sanders – pissed off too he mad at us he, he mad at us the fantasy folk he of the is, world he's just gonna be going down yeah he'll get in the open field and he just goes down because he doesn't <laughs> want to get productive <laughs> for fantasy players he'd rather spite us than get his real life yards but you know miles miles is gonna be a tough one uh ken walker this one this i have i have him ahead of this guy just to be clear ken walker or david montgomery i think this one's easy ken yeah ken Montgomery's yeah. not a bad play though. Like he's getting a lot of the work. Khalil Herbert will probably be back this week. That's that's though. a little bit of a concern. Herbert was kind of getting phased out, and they don't use him on passing downs. Like he looks like the prototypical passing downs back, but they use David Montgomery on those plays. So you're still getting the floor of receptions, though maybe some of the carries go away. So yeah, that's. I mean, I didn't really need a reason to rank Ken Walker ahead. I was going to do it anyways, but sure, that, that'll do. Lawrence, Kenneth Walker against the Chiefs or Najee Harris against the Raiders? Najee Harris. No, I'm tripping. I'm tri- Wait, no, wait. Hold on. Let me let me look. Oh, here. no, don't play Najee Harris. It's a terrible idea. Because I, 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 well, look, I got I got Kenneth Walker at 15 and Najee Harris at 16. He's been playing well. 
She's been playing well, and it is a good matchup. But yeah, the, so I would still take Walker because, but look, fifteen and sixteen, and I I got him. It's close for me. I'm not taking Najee Harris's 3.6 yards per carry last week and 2.8 the week before that as playing well. He's getting the ball a lot. Also, he he has like one game with over two two receptions in the past seven weeks. Like, it is weird. It's it's uh, like the thing is, is they're trying to hide the quarterbacks. It's very weird. Yeah, that's true. Like you would think that like you could probably design a lot of stuff. Like he's not an elite pass catcher, but like he's actually a solid. He's kind of like the opposite of Derrick Henry. Like he's just not explosive enough to a, to do a ton with the ball in his hands. But he's actually like an okay route runner. He's got like decent hands. You would think they actually would use more if they were trying to hide their quarterbacks, but like they're not. They're just not throwing the ball to him. Yeah. I, I'm not. Yeah, nah. yeah it's close. Ken. Like you you mentioned Najee's uh, yards per carry, like. No, don't do it with Ken, please. Yeah, yeah, it is bad. It's bad. <laughs> please. Like, oh, I don't even. I'm about to take this off of my screen right now. I only like the facts when they support me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ken Walker, by the way, yeah, he averaged oh, under two God. yards per carry against the Raiders. So, oh. ooh, Raiders, Raiders are pass oh. funnel. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. <laughs> Very bizarre. The thing is, the thing is with Ken Walker, uh, totally agree. I, I'd love more yards per carry if he had. If, if every time he got the ball, he gave me more fantasy points, I would like that more than him giving me less fantasy points. <laughs> but he's the type of running back where I kind of expect him to go stretches of games where he's inefficient because he hits home runs and then he gets bottled up. Like that is the style of back he is in that like Saquon Barkley-esque mold. Najee Harris is not that. He doesn't hit home, long runs and his entire season is a stretch of inefficiency. So whenever he has back-to-back-to-back-to-back games of inefficiency, I don't think maybe there's light at the end of the tunnel. The light at the end of the tunnel is that he gets a ton of touches, but it's all on the ground, which is why it's so hard for me to get excited about him, where at least Walker, like, he will break another gigantic run by the end of the season. Does it come next week? No clue, but he'll do it. Najee probably won't. So it's an interesting week at running back. We'll be right back after this to talk receiver. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen during bowl season and in the Premier League. 
There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Bucks and Cardinals in our Sunday Night 7 contest. And don't forget, download the Rotorold app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. All right, Kyle, who are we having trouble ranking a wide receiver? It's a tough week at receiver. I don't think it's quite as tough as running back, but it's it's just tough. We're getting more questions than answers, even though we're so deep into the season. Drake London, because I believe in Drake London as a talent. He looked really strong at the start of the year. Then they started like using him less. Arthur Smith, please, for once in your life, use your good players. He's doing that, though, a little bit over the past two weeks. 23 targets for Drake London. He's he's completely shut out the rest of the nobodies they're trotting out to catch passes. The downside is, and this is always where we're trying to match the quality of the offense with the quality of player, and where does that result in the rankings? Desmond Ritter, ooh, I'm not sure. Tough watch. Uh, I'm not sure he's the answer, at least for the franchise, you, though. You're not sure? <laughs> I'm trying to be kind to him. It's one game, but it was a tough watch. You know, what, to, to be fair, you know, well, at least to him, they're using these last few games to see if they're going to do inevitably what they're going to do, which is yeah. draft the quarterback. But uh, No, they're just going to take another skill player in the top um, and not use them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're gonna they're, they're gonna take Bijan and give him like twelve carries a game. No, no, no. They're not gonna take because because that makes sense. They run the ball. They're gonna take another receiver. They're gonna take um, who who? It's not a strong receiver class, but they'll, how is Jackson Smith and the Higba gonna go? They'll take him and they'll they'll take him. They'll take uh, Jordan <laughs> Addison in the top ten. I was gonna say they'll take they'll take Wyatt from Tennessee or whatever Hyatt. Or yeah, one. Uh, and yeah, and they won't throw to him at all. Uh, but they're they're throwing to London. They're they're trying. They're really trying to make this thing work. <laughs> but like, didn't Desmond Ritter throw like ninety yards last week? I he mean, did. Twenty six attempts. He had ninety seven yards. In a, in a tribute to fellow you know NFC South uh, compatriot, he is doing the DJ Moore, where you are the focal point, the entirety of your team's passing attack, and you are eating all of the smallest pie in the NFL. Where does that settle in the rankings? I don't, is it worth wide receiver two numbers? Am I, he's a lot of it's targets. Not. 20, 23 targets past two weeks. That's a lot of targets. Well, it's interesting. He's cleared 70 yards in back-to-back games right? for the first time since weeks one and two. He's cleared 10 targets in back-to-back games for the first time all season. This is Ritter was, it was so bad. Yeah, yeah. It's a little hard to, but then also, you know, they have nothing to play for these final three games. Maybe they won't just ramp down the volume to nothing because maybe they do just want Desmond Ritter to throw. I mean, that see. would be smart, right? Like, it's he wasn't a bad gamble to take where they took him. You want to know if he's got some juice that maybe you do actually not take a quarterback and you try and build up a super team to where a year down the road, a Probably quarterback the Lions can... did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the Lions. And if they, I mean, they might actually stick with golf, but if they don't stick with golf, like, they have a decent chance to really just give a quarterback the best possible situation. I don't think that's how things play out. Like Laura said, they're almost certainly taking quarterback, but you, it, it would make some logical sense. They've never been a logical team, so I'm not counting on this too much, but it would make some logical sense. Like we want the largest sample size possible of Desmond Ritter attempts over these final three games. So we want to know, even if you want to know if he could be your backup quarterback, because Marcus Mariota is basically on a team option next year. He has, he has like no guaranteed money. Well, he's going to be the backup because I mean, he'll still be like, he's there for what the next three years Ritter is. Yeah, yeah. But, 
They can make him a third stringer if he keeps playing like this. Well, that too. Yeah, he'll be somewhere on the. Uh, he'll be on the roster. Yeah, he might not be going to game like, though. Unless it's so bad that they just Josh Rosen him out of Bryce Petty. Bryce Petty, that's a cut. Yeah, no, that is a deep cut, actually. I've got Drake London kind of in the DJ Moore, Michael Pittman zone. Or like problematic. What is, what is that to you, though? What like is problematic number? wide receiver three, like around okay. around wide receiver three? Yeah, like these these wide receiver threes have issues. Like they have some upside, they but they have issues. That's where I got London. I should maybe get London. I have London He's, behind Pittman right now, which I actually don't agree with. I don't think they're you do like that is they're the exact same archetype of like the overall composite of their fantasy points. Not the same style of player, but the way they're generating points is just through sheer will of being better than everyone around them on their team. But their team is terrible. So, like, you're – I don't know. It's fine. You can group them all together. I don't really have a strong preference to who you pick. I got Brandon Ayuk as the wide receiver 27 right now. I feel like maybe I should get that lower. Um, I have no idea why why I'm talking about this. (laughs) Lawrence, are you having trouble ranking a wide receiver – uh, Deontay Johnson, man. Uh, good answer. Uh, although we got more clarity just a little while ago that uh, Kenny Pick is gonna start. So the past two weeks, Deontay Johnson has had 82 and 98 yards receiving. That's mostly been with uh, with Mitchell Trubisky stud at quarterback, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so now that we get Pickett back. Will it go back to those, you know, seven catch, not even seven catches, those five catch, 28-yard days that we see? He already ain't got no touchdown on 77 catches this season. So now it's like before – I didn't realize he had gone full Jacoby Myers. I actually did not know that. Yeah, if, if the yeah, season you know, ended today – yeah, yeah, if the season ended today, I assume he'd have it by receptions, but I know by targets he'd have the record for most targets without a touchdown. And he's kind of blown the, the number two guy out of the water, some dude in like the 90s or something. He's 123 targets and no touchdowns. That's yeah, the record is like 109, wow. I Difficult think. to do. Yeah, sorry, yeah, so, what, nah, with all things considered, now that Kenny Pig is back, that's going to make it, you know, that's going to make it troublesome to rank him where you think you should, uh, like – I'm going to go back and uh, re-examine this because I had him at 25 because of the two games of 80-plus yards. Uh, but now that Kenny Pig is back, it's back to, you know, whatever. I've got him as the wide receiver 28 right now. So he has at least five catches on eight targets in four straight games. Two of those were Kenny Pickett. But, yeah, the over 80 was without Kenny Pickett. And, man, he had not gone over 80 yards in seriously two months. <laughs> oh my god uh, i wasn't sure what number you were gonna say not even a joke yeah that was, he had not gone over not gone over 63 yards in two months yeah i mean tri- or uh wow. over two months pickett's been terrible i mean he's like pickett has tri- been really bad trubisky is not good there's like no way to spin him as anything other than like a fringe starter like 28 through 36 ranked quarterback in the nfl figure that out and and he is uh, significantly better than Kenny Pickett. He's better in so far, play. So far. Better, uh, sure, whatever. So far, but like we're talking about rankings for this week. Like also, steel. Like they're not going to be in a good enough position to draft a quarterback. Those thing, at least not one of the premier quarterbacks, because they win enough games. But like they always he's, win just enough. Yeah, Trubisky is better in EPA per play. He's better in yards per attempt. He's better in touchdown rate. Takes fewer sacks. Like 
There's just nothing we've seen from Kenny Pickett that makes me think that his numbers, Deontay Johnson's numbers, won't crater with him back in the lineup. Yeah, playing Christmas Eve night, it's going to be like four degrees in Pittsburgh. Uh, Deontay Johnson against the Vegas Raiders on Christmas Eve night or Brandon Ayuk against the Washington Commanders? Ayuk. I go Ayuk, definitely. Deontay Johnson against the, the Raiders or Donovan Peoples-Jones against the Saints? Mm. Peoples-Jones. Peoples-Jones. I, I, I'm too much of a DPJ fan to not say him, so – Give me people, Jones. I do. I do love DPJ. I'm, I'm Deont- heavy on him in 2023. By the way, I'm feeling. I'm feeling the same way, actually. Deontay Johnson against the Raiders. DJ Moore against the Detroit Lions. DJ Moore by a mile. Deontay gotta go more. Deontay is a lot like the Pittman, London, DJ Moore types, but up uh, he did last week. But generally, he has not been the 45 percent air yards, 35 percent target share. He is seeing a similar like he is seeing volume in a similar offense to those in that like they're just borderline dysfunctional but he's not the entirety of the passing attack like Fryermuth has come through for big games uh George Pickens sometimes makes awesome catches mostly doesn't get accurate targets but he gets the targets you just don't get enough of the offense last week that changed but that was with Trubisky so i i'm ranking him considerably behind the he's a hyper problematic receiver. <laughs> yes, I, I like that we've introduced problematic into our receiver lexicon. I don't know where to rank Christian Kirk versus Zay Jones. I'm keeping Christian Kirk ahead now, but Zay has 14 catches for 186 yards and four touchdowns over the past two games. He's 41, three set, 347, four over the past month. Christian Kirk still has 34 catches for 287 yards in the same time span. It's not like he's disappearing. Zay is out targeting him 41-34 over the past month. Do we need to make this switch? Or, like, I feel like Christian Kirk still has the higher yardage ceiling. That's kind of making me want to keep him ahead of Zay Jones. But do we rank Christian Kirk or Zay Jones higher this week against the Jets? I'm still taking Kirk. On the year, he has a higher target share, a higher air yard share. Despite having a higher depth of target, he also has a better yards after the catch per reception. He's far better in yards per route run. Like In terms of efficiency metrics, he's better. In terms of volume metrics, he's better. Now, the past month has seen that shift. We've seen the volume go more towards Zay Jones, but Zay Jones hasn't like decimated him. He said it was like a five or seven target discrepancy over it's, four. It's only a seven games. target discrepancy over the past four games. Yeah, that, you know, that's not enough for me to completely sell in on the flip, though it has meant that I've closed the gap every single week. And, you know, I, I wouldn't entirely fault you for ranking Zay ahead. He has been better over the past few weeks. But on the totality of the season, I think that's why I'm ranking Kirk ahead. But it's, it's close. Speaking of totality of the season, you know what's wild is that Zay Jones leads this team in receptions as we sit here today. Man. He's the leader, not in yards. He's he about 200 yards behind Christian Kirk. Because he averages Zay barely more- 10 yards per catch. <laughs> Yeah, Zay. Yeah, Zay Jones wasn't really established as the solidified number two receiver until about halfway through the season. The um, the you know the Jones brothers, him and uh Marvin was battling it out for a little bit. Zay has emerged not only as the team's wide receiver two, but into a one A one B type situation. Yes. and it, it it does feel like not even feel like it's happening where you know. Either one of these guys could have a day on any given day, Sunday, Saturday. They play football 
law every day now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but more recently, it's been Zay Jones. So you know, I'm going uh, Zay Jones, but I'm too chicken to spread them out too far. I have them right next to each other uh, in the ranks. You want to talk about a hedge? That's it right there. I cannot lose because if if it is Christian Kirk, well, I only had him one spot behind Zay Jones, so you can't really. I can't argue with me there, so <laughs> there you go. But, but yeah, Zay Marvin Jones is kind of like milk cartoned. He's like basically fallen out of the rotation. Yeah. Even as Trevor Lawrence has ascended, so that's been another thing. Like it's, Christian Kirk hasn't like cratered, but like both Evan Ingram and Zay Jones have like ascended, and it's just because Trevor Lawrence is playing so much better. It's not really because like Christian Kirk has started playing poorly. Or like he's like you know like just like losing out to these guys. It's more just like Kyle mentioned the pie earlier. Like the pie is getting a lot bigger and more profitable in Jacksonville. So I'm keeping Kirk ahead, but I could see why Lawrence would make the switch to Zay. And yeah, we'll we'll just transition out to Trevor Lawrence against the Jets because and the guy is just balling out of control, even against like the elite Cowboys defense. But now he's got it's a short week. They're playing Thursday night football. He's facing another elite defense. The Jets have allowed 13 passing touchdowns and have 12 interceptions, you know, so almost a one-to-one touchdown interception ratio. They're only allowing 6.4 yards per attempt. They're sixth in drop back EPA on defense. So I've got Trevor Lawrence in the top 12, but this is kind of a week where like traditionally you would maybe make that leap to like QB seven or QB eight. I only have is the QB 10 right now. And I was just wondering how you guys felt about that. Yeah, I, I feel like, I mean, maybe I'll get rug pulled on this. And last week I said, like, Lawrence has struggled under pressure over the past five weeks going into last week. All the teams he had been lighting up or at least playing decent against, like he didn't put up fantasy stats versus the Lions, but, you know, he wasn't like picked off a bunch. He wasn't picked off at all. In fact, it was just like a low volume. He also got banged up in that game. Yeah, low volume banged up, just like short drives, but it wasn't a bad game from him necessarily but all of his games came against below average to horrible defenses and i thought that well obviously that sort of explains the explosion we've seen over the past month and you completely proved me me wrong he was just incredible against a a really difficult dallas matchup i think heading into that week there he like leveled up against the cowboys yeah man Ravens defense too uh the ravens defense has been pretty damn like i don't i mean shoot i don't the Jaguars scored 28 on them to win. The Ravens haven't been giving up points lately besides to the Jaguars. Yeah, he, he was like he, he proved, proved me wrong by by a lot in this Dallas game. And because of that, I kind of want to bet on him continuing at this point. I wouldn't be wrong. I'm totally bought into the fact that like he is good enough to beat good defenses. He beat one of the best defenses in the NFL last week. It is a short week. He's still not, I guess, fully back from the toe thing, but like it is not affecting. He's throwing dimes right now. So I, pr- I don't, I, I might need to play the game to see where, if I'm actually yeah, going to we'll make it, make the lead. Quick. Trevor Lawrence versus the Jets at the Jets or Captain Kirk at home against the New York Giants. Um, I, Lawrence. I, I got Trevor Lawrence because I got Trevor Lawrence at QB nine this week. Got him at QB ten. I want to get him higher. I very briefly had him at QB seven. I even had him like ahead of Dak, but like, I'm oh. definitely putting him ahead of Dak. Yeah. Oh, I'm putting him ahead of Dak. They oh. they had last week. They played each other. Yeah, they, they were played playing each other last week, 
And they had a negative 9% pass rate over expected. In a game that went to overtime, they refused to unleash Dak. And they saw him throw a pick six at the end. And I'm sure the coaches are like, it was on him. You got to throw that better ball. Because they are looking for reasons. It was not on him, by the way. But that coaching staff is looking for reasons to not throw the football. And they have found reasons every single week. Literally, they have not had a game with a positive pass rate over expected this year. The running backs are good, and that might be facing Gardner Minshew. Dak's thrown 19 passes. Uh, so I just moved Dak behind Trevor Lawrence. That was pretty convincing. Let's go. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, this I don't know what to do with this guy anymore. Uh, Trevor Lawrence at the Jets or our friend Geno Smith at the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a fun matchup. G- Geno by hair because I got Lawrence at nine, Geno at eight. Gino at seven right now, which I that was kind of forgetting Tyler Lockett was out, but that's good. Yeah. He had to throw so much. They, they gonna throw. Yeah, they're gonna throw. They had to throw against the Niners, and despite the uh the two picks, he still he gave you the two touchdowns, all the passes through for the yards. So he he gonna he not gonna, you know, that he not gonna run the ball, or sometimes he think he can, but it's kind of like the Carson Wentz, like I'm a scrambler. And then he's just not. He's like the Baker when Baker thought he could split those two Green Bay defenders <laughs> and they crushed him. Nah, when Baker be doing that, I don't know what he be thinking about. Like, would he? Baker's like an iconic, like, thinks he's a scrambler, but is not. I, to me, like, no one is he better just, than Carson Wentz. He just swear, don't he? He swear he is scrambling. Carson Wentz, like, will just decide, like, sometimes that he's Jalen Hurts. And then he just goes and gets, like, destroyed <laughs> by, like, three dudes at once, like, injures his shoulder. Um, he was really, really doing that his final year in Philadelphia. Just uh, well, in the show, but Brock Purdy, like, uh, what to do with this guy? I've got him as a QB 17, which feels very high. I got him ahead of Daniel Jones, Tyler Huntley, Andy Dalton. Got him right behind Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr. Does that sound reasonable for Brock Purdy? Who seems like just being he's just like a total manipulation project, it's all about the coaching that the coaching is probably good enough to keep pulling that off. How do you guys feel about Brock Purdy? Yeah, I do kind of think the coaching is good enough to pull it off. I mean, back-to-back-to-back games with two scores. I know they don't have Debo, but they have been able to work things out with now. Like we saw Kittle step up as soon as they didn't have Debo because Kittle is elite at a similar portion of the field that Debo is as well. Like, I mean, he's the best tight end at yards after the catch year over year. He's the best tight end at yards per route run, everything. He is the most efficient tight end almost every single year with a strong few games to close out this season maybe you can get up there too so they have done their best and it seems to be working one game sample to replace Debo and if they can do that then the machine will keep humming so I kind of think I might rank him a little higher than you not crazy but so you got QB 17 for Brock Purdy Lawrence does that seem objectionable or is that yeah seem- I, yeah I got him at 18 which is for the rest of this season, no matter what he does, that's probably where we're going to rank him anyway. Yeah, that's it, true. Because it's like, <laughs> sure, go go out there and throw for like the game two I had. Imagine he like the Matt Flynn type thing. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle doesn't know who that is, but. Yeah. Grow up, Kyle. <laughs> I'm working imagine, on <laughs> Imagine Brock Purdy have that type of game, and we still going to rank him where we rank him mid quarterback to. Cause he he look there is some talent there you don't is you know you yeah, have he does have a little, he can he can ball a little bit you, you know there's some talent he got guts he got in in between the ears you know so but it's like yeah we seen Jimmy do this 
and what and where do we always rank Jimmy G? QB's never, QB. never as a top twelve. Rarely, you know, he had to have a great matchup and everything got to be. But then Jimmy G will pop up and have those QB one tight weeks sometimes, and that's pretty much what I see here. And ding, ding, ding. Maybe that's why the 49ers drafted Brock Purdy. So that's a good point. Kyle Shanahan is pretty good at identifying dudes. He can just plug and play as like QB twos. The Brock Purdy against the Commanders or Daniel Jones in Minnesota? I'm going to have to go with Daniel Jones. I think so, too. The, the Jones rushing is so good. And with I feel like the, his I mean, whole thing is like kind of collapsing. But I mean, it's collapsing in terms of the offense, but he still runs the ball a lot. Did you I mean, see? I, I don't know if y'all seen his passing chart. I saw somebody posted it on Twitter. It was like from here to here, like 32 throws and nothing went over. 50, hey, hey, but hey, hey, a Giants fan to tell you we won the game and they're right, but <laughs> yeah, here, okay. No, it doesn't look like they think he's a long term answer, although he has no receivers whatsoever. I, I lied when I said the show was going to end because I, I have to ask one pointless question Zach Wilson against the Jacksonville nope, Jaguars. Nope, whoever it is, <laughs> other guy, other guy, other guy. Gardner Minshew against the Dallas Cowboys. Minshew, oh, Minshew. Give, me, give, me, give me the Gardner. The Gardner. Hosing them up. Hosing them up. Minshew Mania? Do we have Minshew ahead of Andy Dalton against the Browns? Yeah. I yeah, actually, yeah. after seeing that weather, I'm actually moving Gardner Minshew up right now ahead of Andy Dalton. I thought you were going to say after seeing Andy Dalton. You hate Andy Dalton. I do. He's horrible. <laughs> He's ruined Chris Olave's. What? Hey, this so, kind of became, became personal for me. Started. Andy Dalton versus me in the super flex league with Jawan Johnson in one. Oh, so Andy Dalton is a top 10 quarterback all time in my book. <laughs> so that's all the time we have for today. Of course, we had to talk about Brock Purdy and Gardner Minshew. You got to check out Kyle's 32 facts. You got to check out Lawrence's flex finder. You have to check out my rankings article. You have to check out our preview podcast on Thursday. Uh, did that cover everything, guys? Yeah, it covers everything with the holiday schedule. Yeah, crazy holiday schedule. We hope you have a good holiday week. A lot of football this week. So beginning on Thursday, I'm shocked there's not any on Friday. Then a lot on Saturday, three games on Sunday, one on Monday. We'll have you covered for all of it. So for Kyle Dvorak, for Lawrence Jackson, I'm Patrick Darty. Thank you for listening. We will be back later in the week. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.